Welcome to Journey In, a show that aims to offer you new and expanding perspectives when it comes to defining your spirituality. These days, more and more of us are craving a deeper connection to something bigger than ourselves. I created this show to not only share about my personal journey, but to create a space to have conscious conversation around different spiritual modalities, health and wellness trends, and to hear from spiritual thought leaders so that we can come together and respect one another despite our spiritual beliefs and differences. At the end of the day, a spiritual journey is a homecoming to who you really are, and you get to define what that path looks like. It can be messy, hard, and confusing. We're going to journey through it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm your host, Jess Montasia, and let's journey in. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we have my friend Coulter Smith coming on as a guest, and Coulter is a breathwork and meditation facilitator, and I am just super excited to be able to share this conversation with you guys. He is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things spirituality. I mean, I feel like I could pick his brain endlessly and he is a really, really amazing breathwork facilitator based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he holds in-person breathwork events. That's where I first met and connected with him, and he is just, I mean, his energy is so high vibration. He is very in tune. He's very intuitive, and he's really a gift, and I am really, really grateful to have connected with him and really grateful that he came on the show to talk about his spiritual journey and share his insights with me and with you all. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Coulter and let's dive in. Welcome Coulter. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited because I feel like you're just such a wealth of knowledge and I'm so curious to hear more about your journey when it comes to spirituality Yeah, and also have others hear about it too and get to learn from you. So, so glad to have this platform. Yay. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay. And so what's really funny is I want to talk about how we met. So we connected on Instagram and then one day randomly, it was at least a few weeks after we had connected. And one day randomly, I was putting my clothes away, doing regular stuff, and my guides all of a sudden were like, you need to go to breath work. They came in really adamantly and they only come at me like that sometimes. And I was like, oh my God. And I had never done any sort of breath work before. And so I was like, breath work? I don't even under, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, I connected with some guy a few weeks ago on Instagram and I think he does breath work. And I remembered your name was Coulter. So I went and I searched you. And then, of course, on your story, you had, you had leading a breath work facilitation tonight. Yeah, like, tonight yeah. yeah, tonight. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to go to this. And then yes. it was just so divine, I feel like, when I went there and meeting you and then having the breath work experience that you created and then also just all of the spiritual stuff that we've connected on since then has been really synchronistic. Synchronistic and divine, right? And divine, you yeah. Go, how did that work? We don't know. You know? We don't know. <laughs> and it's funny because, I, if I recall correctly, I told you that 
I sent out a message the day of, and sometimes I just don't like to overdo the marketing. Or yeah. I, I had this big poll, like, send it out, send it out. I literally said to myself, why? And I, if I recall correctly, it was something to the lines of, somebody needs to come, and it felt like a female. It was so weird. Yeah. And also, I've been doing breathwork journeys, meditation classes, a lot of stuff with energies and whatnot mm-hmm. since 2009, so a long time. And there are many, many, many stories where people come in and say, I'm only here because my guides told me to. I'm only here because I was clicking on how to buy a bike in Gilbert, Arizona, and your website came up, and I'm here, and I don't know why. That happens tremendously. So then you go, you have to laugh at it and go, this is just the, the amazingness of life, and we're here in a divine play. So let's play. <laughs> A divine play. I love that. Yeah. And it's really, it just goes to show how, you know, that's guidance in, in true form. And so just listening to that guidance, that intuition, like what you were mentioning, you were like, I just felt like I needed to post this. And I, I had this feeling that it was a woman that needed to see it. And lo and behold, it was me. So anyways, now here we are. And I've done many of your breathwork classes, which are so amazing. And we've really just connected in terms of talking about all things spiritual as well. So I'm super grateful, excited to have you here. And I would love to start with what is spirituality? What does it mean to you? And journeying, if you will take us back and journey a bit through what your spiritual path has looked like and we can go from there. Sure. And I'll give some, yeah, get some good pointers along the way because I think it's highly relatable, Mm -hmm. even though I went a little extreme in some ways. It's the human condition, the human system to go through different parts of you to understand yourself. Mm. So being on a a very deep spiritual path for uh, 15 plus years, if you say what's spirituality to me, multifaceted, but the first thing is to know thyself because the self is to be in spirit. And if you go into breath-based, I'm pretty positive. I just heard this not too long ago, but there's a Latin term breathe is to be in spirit. To be spiritual is to breathe, basically. I'm paraphrasing. But when you're alive and you know yourself, you could be in your spirit. Well, what the hell does that mean, right? Most people don't know. They don't even know themselves, let alone that they have a spirit, that they have a soul, that they have a higher personality. So to be spiritual is to understand that self. And then it's also to learn to integrate, to be one with that higher source of you, the infinite intelligence within, the energy of self. So there's a spiritual component to it, a mental, uh, causal, spiritual, physical component. But to be in spirit is to be with self and to basically understand the totality of you. That's super subjective, right? Mm. Because then you open up a can of worms of who am I? Yeah. I went through a long process of doing a thing called Veda Vedanta and certain teachings of trying to understand who, who, who are you yeah. to realize that you're not your thoughts. You're not your old conditions. You're oh, not your, yeah. your old patterns. And that can be really scary to people to go, who am I? And spirituality in a sense will teach you to not only know who you are, but destroy the parts of you that aren't. There's a saying that not this, not that, nitty nitty. You have to understand what you aren't and understand what you are. So to be spiritual is to be with self, to be in self, to understand who you are, and then the whole purpose and all that. So it's making sense of the reality that you're in. 
then we can talk about God and all that. It's it's so beautiful, but complex. <laughs> it's so complex. But I love this point that you're bringing up because I think when people hear the word spiritual, they immediately think that it's very natural to, to go into the woo, right? Exactly. And to think that, oh, to be spiritual, I need to be connecting to my spirit guides and I need to be getting crystals and sitting on a pillow and meditating for like 20 minutes a day. Yeah, that can be a part of it, but... The way that you worded it was so, I think, relatable to every single human is to be spiritual is to simply know yourself. And that is something that is, it's just so beautifully said because I think in a sense we're all spiritual and we really don't know it. Sure. But it's a matter of really awakening to that that awareness and that consciousness. And what does spirituality mean to you? And what does it mean to you? Because exactly. there's, there's subjectivity to life. Right. Meaning in the quantum state, we're seeing different realities mm-hmm. based on perceived perceptions and old conditioning patterns and all that. So you have the ability to perceive, the mm-hmm. ability to choose. So it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. And that's why you got to always say, what is it to you? What does it mean to you? And your experience changes as you go. The old Jess, for instance, 10 years ago is not the same. So it's the same concept where it can always grow. And then to understand spirituality, I mean, you have to kind of realize some groundwork where, you know, we have a soul, there's something bigger than there Mm -hmm. than going on. We can't just be stuck in the 3D. But once you get to that component, then you can really start asking the deeper questions and knowing thyself on a much deeper level and say, oh, to be spiritual means this in this moment. That might mean meditating, connecting with your guide. But spirit speaks in every which way. Mm -hmm. And I I heard once years ago that, uh, I love this, it said, God is the underlying energy in everything. And meaning spirit speaks to you in books, in music, in sounds and everything. It's up to you to perceive it. And then you're having a conscious co-creation with reality and finding your spirit self, finding your best self. People can say that too. And the psychology side and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the self-hierarchy, the more quote-unquote spiritual, the more you know yourself. So you're self-actualizing yourself. So there's mm-hmm. a psychological component to it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. There's so many, <laughs> things, so many things that we could go into that but was you, so beautifully said though. But you want to know about me too. Oh, I want to so, know about you. Yeah. So I'll give you a quick, quick rundown. I was... Very beautiful life growing up and outside, but struggled men- mentally and emotionally for many things. I had a lot of pressure put on me. And in my 20s, I was very stuck in anxiousness and not really knowing what to do. Kind of what most people do. They have mm-hmm. that ambition phase of what do I do? What Story I do? of my 20s as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ultimately have to come to that state of meaning. Like what is meaning? So I had a really amazing experience in terms of the spirituality because that's what we're talking about. When I was 20 years old, and I'm 37, I just randomly went to a bookstore, and I used to go there all the time. I used to read all these books on success and wealth and real estate, and oh, I'll be a realtor. And this book, hard to explain, but this book just jumped out at me. And I got what now I call thrill bumps. You uh-huh. ever heard of they're, they're goosebumps, but they're times 100. <laughs> I've and never I, heard of that. Oh, they're, they're Abraham Hicks coined that term, I think. And I just go, oh my God, what is this? And this book just was literally, sounds crazy, it was talking to me saying, read me, read me. It was a book about heaven. And we don't need to get into details of the book, but it blew my mind. I'm going, yeah. oh my God, there's so much more out there. And I've, I've researched a little bit, but then that one book, then I started reading everything. Wow. And started opening up. And I went down a three-year path of intense study. 
And then I met some people, some, some mystics, some sages, some shamans that basically proved to me there's so much more than what we, that we know, that we can see, that we can understand. Basically proof that this, this reality is so much more. So then the last 15 years or so has been a study of, okay, what does that mean? How does it work? How do I learn to navigate this self? And then going through what you're probably familiar with, Dark Night of the Soul and understanding shadow work. Yeah. And then going into the new age and the, the, the good and the bad in the new age. Yeah. There's so much, but it's learning to understand who I am and how I operate. So that's why it's so relatable for people where, especially if you're choosing the spiritual path, it's very all-encompassing to, to know who you are and how, what you represent. And then going into things like human design, how do you understand your deeper purpose, getting out of the ego self and getting yeah. into that universal mind that can go oh we're here for a purpose and how do I connect to that oh this is how so it's been a beautiful journey to understand that massive challenges and still challenging I play this Blackbird song that you've heard over and over but it's a song that says life is beautiful life is horrible life is wonderful but re and remember who you are yeah so it's kind of somewhere I think about a lot where it can be beautiful it can be challenging but let's just try to remember <laughs> wow okay there was so much in that but what was coming through, and you mentioned human design, what was coming through so strongly was your profile. So for everyone listening, Coulter is a 1-3 sacral generator in human design, and we're not going to get into the nitty gritty. Coulter's had a reading and everything done before, but your profile was just, that is so exemplified in your process because your one line is the investigator. People with a one line in their profile literally go down rabbit holes of learning and reading. And, mm -hmm. and that is so exemplified in the first three years that you said, and especially it's so funny that the book, it sounds like was kind of what sparked your awakening. Is that right? It's the whole classic matrix red pill, blue pill. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my gosh. God, I love that analogy. So yes. more. And then it gets unbelievably complex. Mm -hmm. You know, spirituality is very simple and also complex at the same time. Oh my gosh. It's called paradoxical unity in Taoism. And I think it's what the good the reference is, but it's this idea it's everything and nothing, where there's a simple example and a simple solution, and then there's incredibly complex. Yeah. And then the human reality gets to choose. Mm -hmm. Natural laws of the universe allow us to choose. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you have so much knowledge. It's insane to me. Mm -hmm. And also the red pill, blue pill. I'm going to use that. for now. <laughs> And it's like, when was your moment? For me, I was watching a YouTube video and it just shattered my entire world. Good, yeah. For those listening who may not be familiar, the red pill, blue pill reference comes from the movie The Matrix, where the main character is offered two pills that he can take. One is red and one is blue. If he chooses the red pill, it will unveil the truth about the quote-unquote simulation that they are all living in, basically waking up to the truth, which can be a tough pill to swallow, pun intended, or he can choose the blue pill where everything will stay the same and he won't wake up to the truths around him and will stay oblivious, which tends to be the easier route to take. You may have heard this reference before, but I wanted to explain it for those who may not be familiar or who may have not seen the movie because it will help to add more understanding as culture continues on throughout the episode. And so for you, it was this book, right? I think that everyone that's on or has had some sort of spiritual awakening, I feel like there's a moment, yes. right? That it sparks the entire, the entire yes. journey. That's and a good so, question to ask people because yeah. that opens up so much because yeah. then you understand, like I said, the shadow self, dark night soul, you understand yeah. the conditioning. You open up your eyes to what people like to say, what's really going on in the world? And yeah. it's not all rainbows. And, no, it's not. But it's also beautiful. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of darkness within it. And 
it's kind of, it's like you become so aware of, again, everything that's going on and you start to just question a lot of things and, and wondering like, why was I just kind of, for me, I felt like I was sleepwalking a little bit before I had my awakening because I was just kind of going through life, not really thinking about a lot of things that I was doing. And then I started to question little everyday things. Sure. So it's a really, that's why they call it an awakening, right? I yes. guess it's like a veil is lifted. It's highly relatable in the sense of once you have that, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You, you know more and you, you almost don't want to. You don't want to take no, the, yeah. the, the red pill again or blue pill and yeah. say this, uh, that matrix thing where he's like, I know this steak is fake, but damn, it tastes good or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, if you remember that. Yeah, I do. So yeah, it's interesting. And something that brought up the, it's questioning. Like mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, I used to get really big into him mm-hmm. for many years, and he said the key to life is questions. Mm-hmm. So if you're not questioning your reality, questioning your thought process, and doing it in a way that is objective, that doesn't hurt you, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a spiritual experience to go into yourself and understand who you are. In yoga, there's different types of yoga is yoking, yoking in the, with the divine, with yourself. There's the, the, the royal path, there's the jhana path, there's the paths of bhakti and devotion. There's many ways to understand not only you, but reality, God, frequency. So we have to be asking the right questions. And we have to find systems and things in place that help you not only understand yourself better, but you can be an experiencer and go in and look at these really hard truths that some people don't want to hear mm-hmm. and then also have the outside of human design and astrology and whatnot to help you along the way too because helps everywhere right right and there's so many tools that you can just add to your toolbox I like to say to just help you with making sense of it all and I think that's really what the tools of human design and astrology help to do and so there's so many different pathways and modalities and healers that you can work with and so many different topics that you can go into with spirituality what was it that led you do you feel like to yours or do you just think that it was very intuitively led or is that an okay question I'm like, <laughs> very okay <laughs> yeah that goes back even to the paradox of unity of obviously there's free will but there there also could be the the fate the determinism and it's up to you to decide. The mm-hmm. more I've learned is you can you can choose reality. You can mm-hmm. choose to be guided, or you can guide yourself. For instance, we're in a we're in a reality that allows that. And for me, I got so blown up open in the sense of it first started with deep curiosity, and then I wanted the experience. And that's the spiritual self of what do you need, right? Yeah. What do you need to give yourself? In the breathwork journeys, I always say the same thing: What do you need to give yourself? What yeah. does your body say? Yeah. Needs? What does your heart need? So defining your spiritual path, especially if you haven't had that red pill, blue pill moment is, is really big because for me, it was like, now I want to experience this. And I would do energy work, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't say this lightly, but I would feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh my God, it's there. It's available. God's super subjective, but it's once again, the underlying energy and everything. Right. And then you have people that can connect to deeper realities than you, like a shaman. And you go, wow, there's so much more. So it's experiential, and then I went to the mastery of trying to self-actualize, trying to be my best self, and I fumbled a lot because this is very relatable. Again, there's so many pitfalls, pitfalls to life. You know, there's perfectionism or trying to be the best self, trying to be approved by God or Mm -hmm. your partner. So went through the whole, how can I be my best self, and learn about 
how to integrate my spirituality, my spirit self, my higher self. Going a little new agey for a while, but you learn that all this is a buildup to constantly not improve yourself, if that's what you choose, obviously that's your source frequency, but it's to understand the nature of self, the nature of reality. So I started asking all the questions of why am I here? What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you get to a state where you know yourself enough. It's always a process, right? You're always, you're never perfect. But then the process for me was, I want to help. I want to create experiences that can help people connect to their soul, to their spirit. So that's where it led up to, I did many, many years of meditation classes with energy work and connecting to your spirit and then evolved into breathwork classes. And when, if people don't know what exactly breathwork is, that's okay. You can look it up, but it's when we activate the breath in certain pattern, you create a chemical sensation that opens your body up and the default mode network, which is the beta mind shuts off and you go into these alpha waves and theta waves and you can connect to deeper aspects of you, that methyltryptamine, the spear molecule, it gets released, some people think, and you can have these deep transcendent transforming experiences and then they go, oh my God, I, I saw God. Like you hear that all the time. Yeah. Oh my God, I felt a reality. I mm-hmm. went to a past life scenario that mm-hmm. who knows if it's true, but it felt right. And then you, you go, yes, you know, or I died. I died and I was able to let go of an ego. Yeah. So my experience was to help people experience that. So yeah. doing eight years of breath work and, and having people go through the experience of going, oh, I'm so much more than I realized. That's fun. Well, and that, I'm so glad you went into that because that was going to be my next question is because you've obviously studied and journeyed down so many different pathways. And my question was going to be, so why breath work? And so obviously you love creating a space for people, but is it also because of the specific effects that breath work has? I mean, I know people always call it getting high on your own supply. Sure. And so is that something that influenced you specifically choosing breath work? Because there's a lot of different paths that you could have gone down in terms of holding space. Yes, true. And it's one component. I used to do a lot more of other things and I'm going to branch out more, but breathwork is a catalyst that is so powerful Mm -hmm. that in a short amount of time, you can open yourself up so deeply. So choosing that path was what's the most direct, easy path where you don't have to go sit in a tent and meditate for weeks Mm -hmm. or take a psychedelic that you're not ready for that not everyone should be doing and going this can create a very transcendent, very spiritual experience for people if they're ready. Let's do this. It's more just, this was what works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you qualify people being ready for a breathwork experience? Well, breathwork hits differently, and it's just a catalyst. So I like to call it intense meditation or meditation on steroids, because when you go in the yoga traditions, breathwork is pranayama, mm-hmm. and the real yoga way in the back in the day, it really didn't have much physical practice, physical asana. It did, but it was more based on breath work to prepare for meditation. Yep. So it's preparation for meditation. So then once you can get into a meditative state, then you can go into the internal reality. From there, whole different <laughs> world, right? The yeah. yamas, niyamas, the connections, so then you can start to feel your subtle reality, your subtle self. You can start connecting in more of the quantum field mm. and going into those frequencies that are non-ordinary states of awareness. So mm. to, to be ready is subjective once again, but it's wanting more. It's wanting an experience beyond yourself. And some people just, for breathwork specific, they'll go into somatic releases and mm-hmm. trauma responses because of the nervous system getting 
getting moving a lot of energy. So there's different components of why people would do it. There's, so it goes back to what's the relatability and what's the whole thing of why are you spiritual? Why are you doing all this? What's your motive? What's your intention? And if that aligns, the universe will provide. Mm. You know, just like you, you need to go to breath work. Yeah. So many reasons why, but it's to understand yourself, to go deeper, to have an experience beyond yourself, and to really feel the idea that we don't feel and we're yeah. not taught how to go into ourselves mm-hmm. to give healthy space. Mm. That's massive. A lot of the magic, in quotes, if you want to call it breathwork, is holding space for somebody mm-hmm. to let their personal transformation and experience happen. Yeah. It's almost like breathwork is this door or this gateway that connects or can connect the 3D, like our actual bodies, to the higher levels of consciousness, right? Which is so interesting because within your human design, there's so much about you have this gift of understanding the material plane and being very aware of it and bringing your ideas and bringing these spiritual concepts or things that come through to you, bringing them down and and grounding them almost and bringing them into the material plane, manifesting in a sense, right? But you have a very natural gift for doing this. And to me, that shines through so much in the way that you hold space for people with breath work. And in the sense, you're letting people do it themselves. But you are creating, just by you being out there and you holding the space and you creating that space to be available for people to come to is such a beautiful way of you following through with that. And it's just, again, a synchronicity into your design. Sure. But, and like you said, I believe, you know, our intuition, I really think it's a lot of it is, of course, our spirit guides, but our intuition, which again, subjectively, but source working through us guiding us to breath work when we are ready in a sense right that's kind of how i feel about it but yeah. curious you feel. there's all tools i did a course once uh, it was about shamanic power tools and it's just te- finding the tool that works for you mm-hmm. breath works one tool to open and awaken yourself there's obviously many more but going into that space once again of let me let me go beyond the ordinary like, yeah. i just love that yeah let, let me, Hold the space, and once again, it's so relatable for anyone listening because where's the magic? It's holding the space, it's creating the structure and the support, Mm -hmm. and then having some sort of practical application that will get you to a deeper reality to question, to interpret, to go into the emotional body Mm -hmm. and to feel the emotions in the state where you're not going to react or harm yourself. We live in a profoundly sick mental society in almost every which way. So having these practices is so important and to find your own, the all paths lead to God type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so crazy how disconnected we are from our breath when it's something that our body does on its own autonomously, yet we are so disconnected from it and we don't even realize how shallow we are breathing in our everyday lives, which is keeping us so disconnected from our true selves, which is such a beautiful and powerful effect of breath work is that deepening of the breath and so can you briefly explain because I feel like people who have maybe never done breath work probably hear it and maybe don't realize how deeply and how intensely you are breathing and for how long sure because it's kind of crazy yeah and breath work is an analogy for a lot of things but when you lie down and breathe I do it in more of a journey format kind of holotropic ish style if you know what that is but you're basically hyper oxygenate yourself you're going to a, a from acidic to an alkaline state 
your body goes into the parasympathetic and starts pumping the limb system and then your vagus nerve can activate your brain literally lights up and you go into those different brainwave states the default mode network shuts down dimethyltryptamine the spirit mall can be released but you're vibrating and you're vibrating so intensely that what happens is you're feeling your life force yeah. you're feeling your prana your chi and such a small percentage of the population has ever felt what it truly means to breathe and be alive yeah. and to have the processes moving and flowing. I had a powerful power of fill experience. I was doing breath holds at a party once, long story, <laughs> but I was sitting there and I was just breathing and breathing and I held my breath for so long. I felt the expansion of the universe. I felt myself one with everything. I felt so alive. I was vibrating and you know, you don't have to breathe in yeah, those states. Yeah. For many and and I, you know, your voice says sometimes, but this voice said <laughs> this voice says, This is what you need to teach people how to feel. Mm-hmm. And to feel how that how amazing it is to feel the expansion. So you can get out of your ego mind. Mm-hmm. You can get out of the default mode network, the sense of self that who you think you are. One time I did a journey and I literally stopped existing. People go, what the heck is that? But you get to this point where you're so much expansion, so much awareness, the vibrations, the tingles, you don't know what's going on. And you basically have a choice to surrender to the experience, to keep breathing, or let the ego take over and lock you up and distract you because it all wants safety and blah, blah, blah. So you could go to the state of unknowing that who you really think you are, it's not real. And it's all conditioning programs, and the real you is much, much, much more. But that's also scary. So going into these realities to feel that is what you can experience on breathwork. And you can experience so much emotional purges and releases and letting go of things that don't serve you because we all have the trauma. It's a direct access into our subconscious mind, especially through the autonomic nervous system. And through Dr. Joe Dispenza and other people, we realized that the, the deep subconscious, the autonomic, through the non-agnotic nervous system, basically, it doesn't know the difference between a thought and an experience. So when you're in that reality and you're breathing and you're thinking about good things or letting go or whatever you want to give yourself, it's a way to reprogram. It's a way to go into our binary coded system and to mold it through Mm -hmm. neuroplasticity, through the brainwave changes, which is now proven that we can do that. Once again, breathwork is a catalyst in one way. You can do it through many others. A pathway to your infinite self. Mm. That's what I like to say. Yeah. pathway to your infinite self. And it's like brain rewiring, in a sense. One component. So mind, body, spirit. Yeah. Wow. And then you can connect to you. You rewire the brain. You learn to trust your body more and to feel, you learn to process, and then you have the spiritual side, the spiritual mm-hmm. component of having the transcendent experiences or having the feeling that something's greater, yeah, having greater the transpersonal experiences. And then you go, it's possible. People can experience that in meditation. They can experience it just through a conversation or feelings and their whole reality can change. That's why breathwork and these types of intense meditations are so powerful because they go, this is possible. It's possible to rewire my brain and to and to connect to myself deeply and to the source within and with and all out and to find the oneness. I read this book that says we're all one. What does that really mean? I need to experience it. Breath or meditation can help you with that. Yeah, I think that for me, because I've done your breath work classes about five or six times now, I think. And I mean I can only do it in doses just because for me it's so intense and I know more people 
I don't know. I think with everyone, it's one of those things that is very individualized. Very. But for me, it's like the vibrating of the body that you explained yeah. is so prevalent every single time. And it feels like my entire physical vessel is just getting cleansed. And it just is, it's so crazy to me. I'm like, wow, just breathing did this and brought me here. I have, I do feel like I'm coming up on my ego the last few times that, the, specifically the last time that I went, my ego was being a really big bitch to me. Okay. <laughs> like it was, it, it Your took ego me, is not your ego. <laughs> no, I love that. No, but it literally took me out of it. I mean, I definitely still had a good experience and I got the physicality, like the vibration and everything. I did go that far, but it took me out of it quicker. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, I can't go back in. That's how strong it was. Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling like my ego <laughs> has been really pushing against me the deeper, deeper I go. And so what advice do you have for people when that comes up? Do you just surrender to it? Or do you think it's something that, because I think earlier you mentioned the word trying. And that's something that I've personally struggled with on my spiritual journey is feeling like I need to try to go deeper. I need to try to overcome my ego and overcome my blockages. But do you think that that's more self-sabotaging than anything? Or what do you think about that? Possibly. So it's going back to what is the source and the frequency that's needed? Meaning, if you're forcing and you're trying to create a situation that doesn't allow you to experience the present moment or whatever, you're potentially missing on so much valuable information. Meaning, if you go into a breathwork experience or meditation, you can't sit still, your mind's attacking you, your mind tells you you're a horrible person or whatever, that's information. It's information to know what to work on. It's information Mm. to once again know who you are, what you are not, because there has to be an adversary. There has to be a foe to a point where it's the hero's journey to be in the third dimension and to ascend and to work your way up to the higher personality self of you. There's so much esoteric knowledge of what it means to be spiritual. I mean, we could talk for days and days about that, but you have to find out what works for you. And Going back to finding your vice, finding your power tools, finding Mm -hmm. the codes and the sources that work for you in that moment, if pushing and forcing hypothetically works for you, you you can go with that until a point. Most spiritual journeys, myself included, you have to get to a point of surrender. Mm -hmm. You have to get a point to letting go, meaning you don't know everything, you're never going to know everything, and you either have to give it to a higher power, you have to have faith, you have to go into the subconscious depths and to allow. There's a word that I love called inevitable. And it means, like in breathwork and other things, it's inevitable. It means I can't explain it. They say it in psychedelics. I don't, I can't, I can't explain to you what just happened in this journey. Breathwork can allow that. And so when you allow the inevitableness, you can surrender more to what is. You can let go and go, okay, right now I don't need to force. Right now I just need to receive. Mm. Right now I need to be present. And it's a constant—I was going to say struggle or battle. It's not that. It's a constant reevaluation: who you are, where you're at, what you need. That's partially why the human experience is so challenging because we have so many layers, yeah. so many needs, so many desires. So my advice for you and other people would be: go within and to feel what's really needed, and to know that something like a force is only going to make you go so far. Something like pushing. 
but maybe in a different part or in the beginning, you needed that fire. You needed that, let's do this. So it's evaluation and critique of where you need, where you want to go. And there's challenges in that as well. You need to find a system of evaluation to where you're not beating yourself up. You can look at yourself objectively, whether that's your psychology or having an outside perspective from somebody or something. Highly complex, but yeah, you gotta give yourself what you need and flow with that. Mm -hmm. Flow with the frequency of love, of God, of self. Surrender as much as possible, but also take the action when necessary that is aligned to your best self. Because remember we were talking before this podcast, if you want something and you're connected to your ego, and to your conditioning, it's literally going to amplify that. Yeah. So you almost got to get to a point of letting your cup empty and mm-hmm. emptying your cup, mm-hmm. emptying everything you've ever known. Mm-hmm. And some people don't have to go that extreme, but you, you almost got to think for yourself. Yeah. That's the key for it all. And then you build up the reality based on your experiences and your choices. And from then on, you can have that internal guidance system speak mm-hmm. to you and you're not going to question as much. So you could be in a situation of, oh my God, I'm forcing this. Oh my God, this is so much. My ego's attacking me. You could quit there or you could go deep inside and say, okay, what do I really need? How do I feel? And you just can get the guidance. Kind of like meeting it where it's at. Yeah, get the guidance. Exactly. And and some people need to express in the moment. Some people, there's no fixing, no nothing. Yeah. That's a good way to put it because I feel like for me, I kick into fight or flight almost and I run away from it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going there. Instead of having compassion for myself and just meeting myself where I'm at is what I'm really getting out of what you just said. So you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's like we know things, but we don't realize that we know things. And yes. so just talking about that was very revealing. Yeah. And so, but then also, so going back to that topic of the ego versus a soul self, because to me, whenever, and this is also from my human design background as well, but for me, the ego is the mind. And then the soul is more of the heart. Would you agree with that? One interpretation, yeah. One interpretation. Okay, I figure it's pretty subjective. But, you know, it's definitely discerning between the two. And as we're talking more and more about, well, first of all, I think that that's something that is a continual lesson that you're learning on, at least for me, it's just been a continual lesson of learning how to discern. It's it's gotten clearer, but as we're going down the spiritual path and as we're figuring out, you know, what tools, what modalities are right for me, I feel like what's coming through really strongly for me is understanding what your mind is telling you you should do on your path versus what you're naturally just drawn to. Because for me, it's been, especially as of recently, a lot of people are doing ayahuasca and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I should do ayahuasca so that I can be more spiritual. And then I'm like, what the fuck? No, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel intuitively drawn to it at all right now. And that is in no judgment to anyone else that's done it because I've heard very beautiful things about it. But... I feel like this just leads directly back to just following that guidance, that natural intuitive guidance versus telling yourself, making up these stories of what you should do and where you should go in order to be quote unquote spiritual. I just went on a whole tangent there. Well but... said. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what... that's kind of what I was getting out of just everything that we've been talking about today sure. is that discernment between the ego and the self and that's kind of a lot we talked about that a lot before we started recording too sure highly complex as well and it can be interpreted many many ways Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times i like to think of it as you actually have two minds you have two selves you have the mind of the 
They call it the Holy Spirit mind, the mind of peace, the mind of love, the mind of unity, the mind of God, the mind of oneness. And then you have the mind of the ego, which is all about chaos. It's all about competition. It's all about judgment and go down the list. And since we have free will, we have the ability to choose. We're in a, a dimension and a reality that allows us to have polarity and dynamics. So we have the constant ability to choose which voice we're allowing in, which voice we're listening to, meaning you can self-destruct or you can choose kindness in every which moment. And it's up to you to figure out that system and figure out what works best for you so you can interpret that mm -hmm. and then positively move forward without a system in place of going, oh, this is just my ego mind, little, being a little that's that's good because that's a observation so yeah. that now you can readapt most people aren't even there yeah so i was even driving here today and my ego was attacking me or something and i started laughing i go ego shut up like, <laughs> yeah, shut up. it's like the ability to be an, literally an yeah. observer of your yes. it's almost like you're just watching it yeah, and watching your mind. So it's, yeah, like to laugh about your, to yourself and yeah. learning to, there's so many things you can get into of what works for you, but it's that constant evolutionary process. There's evolution and then there's the spirituality component together and they kind of got to go move hand in hand in hand. So you're learning about how you work. Yeah. The ego, a lot of the ego is the old conditioning patterns. It's what society thinks you are. It's the ego is there for, for, Pain pleasure it's there for survival so if you can understand oh the ego wants me to survive right now it doesn't want cognitive dissonance it wants me to understand this way of thinking because it cares for my survival then you can have more compassion you can have more compassion for self so if you put into a whole big component you say what's the most important thing to be spiritual and to find my spiritual path, to find my vices, whether it's breath work or doing a plant medicine journey or getting deeply into meditation or certain religions, because there's a lot of beauty in religions. Like, mm -hmm. what do you what do you choose? Above all, you have to choose self-love and self-compassion. It can't be anything else to that. the sense of that has to be your dominant feeling, your dominant frequency, and then also service to others and being a part of the greater whole and to experience life in general. There's always, there's so much of interpretation, but that's the reality of life that's so beautiful. Your ability to choose. God is so loving, it lets you choose your reality. Yeah. Some people don't like that. Yeah. So we understand that we're highly complex beings. We're highly emotional, highly charged with not only multiple minds and multiple bodies, the, the ego mind, the ego body, the heart, which helps you connect to your soul, but then we have conditionings, we have old wounds, we have epigenetics, and the things that are so deeply ingrained in us. Yeah, so many factors. So way. many. So mm -hmm. we, we're learning to figure out who we are and unraveling that. them, that's kind of the gift. Yeah. Like the gift of understanding, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I want to express in this reality and then we go on our next reality and do it again or whatever <laughs> okay something that i really want to dive deeper into is the concept of free will because i've had multiple people tell me that that's not a thing and i don't understand what do you mean that's not a thing yeah. yes it is it's a thing and i'm the type of person that you know i really respect what other people think and I'm never going to say that what I believe is true or not, but I'm just curious, have you ever gotten that perspective? And then also, what's your response to it? Sure. 
I went on a very, very deep rabbit hole on quantum mechanics, quantum mm-hmm. physics, the spiritual side of the spirituality based on quantum physics, I guess is the best way to describe it. And that deals with things that we can't understand. We have no idea where you basically realize there's two sides to every story. The idea that there's a knife right next to you, it can cook you food and chop food, or it can kill you. And it's this idea that there's duality in everything, and there's also perspective in everything. Meaning, we all don't have one perspective. We are a snowflake in God's creation, and we all have the ability to perceive differently. And free will comes in place because if you understand the natural laws of the universe, and I'm going very quantumly, but you understand that everything's energy, everything's vibration, based on your body system, based on the way you interpret thoughts, emotions, feelings, you can create your own reality. And then the people that would say differently, they say, no, you know, the reality shapes you, and you know, it's nature and nurture, right? What's more important? The free will, a lot of people will say, it's not necessarily in every action and decision that you make, you're bounded, uh, bound and wound to this reality of you didn't choose your parents and, or whatever, maybe you did, but you have the ability to perceive. You have the ability to choose how you react. That's the free will. Other people will say free will is an illusion because in the time-space continuum, time is an illusion. Mm-hmm. So you on what's called circular time, where everything all happens at once, the now, like Eckhart Tolle and all those people talk about the power of now, in the now, that's all there is. There's no past, there's no future, there's only the present moment. So you've already chosen everything. It's just an illusion in this reality, in this body system, that you have the ability to choose. So I've seen it both ways, where there's for and against for all. You have to choose what's most empowering for yourself. Because mm, um, like the universe, if you understand universe God, the way I interpret it, and you can be different, but it's neutral. It's loving but neutral, meaning mm. it's going to allow you to choose your reality based on a lot of different things uh, it's so hard to explain because then we're doing with pre-birth things and a lot of spiritual stuff that goes very very deep that i don't know the answers for but it's so loving it lets you choose and if that's your god source if you're coding to that frequency that says i have the free will to choose my reality and that's the empowering thing do that other people can choose the other reality and say no this reality is messed up we have no ability to choose. We're a byproduct of our environment. They have to be allowed to choose that. Yeah. And you have, that's the, their free will. Where it gets dicey is how it affects you and your reality wow. and all that. So this we go gold. very deep. <laughs> this is gold though because, and that's why I wanted to ask that question because I think it's really easy for people to be influenced by whether it be maybe they were raised within a, within a certain religion or whatever their parents believe or whatever their friends believe. And sometimes it's easy for us to take on things that actually isn't what our soul really desires or maybe isn't empowering to us. Like you said, that is such a good way to put it is just choose what feels empowering to you and respect when other people don't feel the same or don't believe the same. I think that that's something that shows a level of detachment and gives you that allowance to just go deeper within yourself. I just had a conversation about this where, once again, everything can be neutral, everything can be perceived differently, and you could make a million for and against for religion, Mm because there's, do you know how many religions there are in the world? No, I don't. There's some over like 4,200 religions in the world. Oh my god. Go look it up, it's mind-blowing. So we're not just talking about one specific one, but we're saying, I read this 
amazing article. There's this huge, I think it was a 12 year study that basically showed religion in general is overwhelmingly positive. It's 70% of people or so said, this helps me with my life. And Mm -hmm. so once again, you can say for and against, well, no, religion controls you. Well, no, it's making your life better. And that's the free will we get to choose. Yeah. It's hard when other people self-destruct or, you know, there's so much darkness in the world and you just want to change it. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to Wayne Dyer, one of the really famous spiritual people. He used yeah. to say, you have to go from ambition to meaning. Like, ambition of I want to change the world. I want to let everyone think the way I think or whatever your ambition is. And then you move it towards meaning. What's the meaning that's, that's under it all? Do you find meaning in the ability to let people choose? Do you find a deeper self-appreciation for self and deeper appreciation for life when you realize, oh my God, we're in this reality that lets us be who we want to be. Yeah, there's structures and systems that might play against us, but how beautiful is that to have an adversary and to have duality and to have a heaven and a hell, a Satan and a God or whatever your mind chooses. There's beauty in everything. There's also chaos and destruction in everything. Which mind, which system are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the free will, mind, or the free will Holy Spirit mind that's all about love and atonement and, and forgiving people? Or are you going to choose the judgment and the ego mind that always wants to compare and always wants to be somewhere else and do something different? The choice is yours. How beautiful is that? Wow. I just want listeners to sit on that and digest that, <laughs> deep that breath, question. Deep breath. Let's deep breath. <sighs> that was so powerful though because it just goes to show so many people unknowingly victimize themselves especially to their circumstances or to bigger institutions that they think that have power and and whatnot but really within all of that you still choose what you believe and you still choose your perceptions and or you can and I think a lot of people don't realize that that's all I have to say. I don't know where else I was going with that. They but. don't realize it, and it also is, is so detrimental. Meaning, if you don't have a heart, so the caveat's heart, I don't yeah. have all the answers, but if you don't have a system or something that gives you hope, that gives you a yeah. feeling of love and devotion, whether that's a specific religion or a book or, or your personal relationship with God's source, if you don't have that, what usually happens is you get lost, you get hypocritical, Mm -hmm. meaning your mind says one, or your heart says one thing, your mind says another, I'm supposed to believe this, but I don't, or Mm -hmm. whatever. Then you're gonna self-destruct, you're gonna self-sabotage, you're gonna hurt yourself. So it's, once again, it's the self-compassion, self-love that is so needed in absolutely everything, because we don't know the answers, nor will we. We're super fallible humans that have a lot, quote unquote, against us, because it's hard. Yeah. So we, we got to do it with what's the path of most grace and ease and how do we help out more people than, than not and yeah. <laughs> try to figure this show out. <laughs> yeah. This video game is what I've heard it be called. Yes. <laughs> so we're that, in a video game. That's one component too. Yeah. We're in a simulation. I, I agree in a lot of components of that, but you got to be careful with that because that's yeah. also degrading in the sense of there's yes. so much more. The simulation reality is very, very real to a point. It, you know, we're the binary structures and all that. Yeah. Um, but the spirit of God itself, and whether you call it God or, or whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's just the, the, the deeper reality of life is so much more than yeah. just a virtual experience, although that's one component. 
And what keeps coming up, and you use the word empowering, and that's what keeps coming through is no matter what journey or what path, or if you're on a spiritual journey, or if you're religious, or if you're using these modalities such as human design or astrology, for instance, is making sure that no matter what it is, it is empowering you in some way. Because even myself with human design, I've found myself getting caught in limitations within that. And I've had to stop myself and be like, wait, I am letting the system limit me right now. And that, again, goes back to free will where I always tell people with human design, I'm like, pick and choose what resonates. If something feels disempowering to you, don't take it on as your truth. And that goes back to literally everything. Yeah, <laughs> like everything. Just reminding people to, to choose. Take whatever empowers you. And use that. Yes. And and make it your own almost in a sense because, yeah. And this is a, one of those funny things that a lot of people like to say that the quote, do as I say, not as I do. And learning from, it's like, trust me, learn from my past mistakes. If you take spirituality, for instance, that's a double-edged sword too. To be spiritual, what does it mean to be spiritual, right? That's what we talked about. But you can get in a major trap of trying to be spiritual. Yeah, which is what we talked about to, earlier. Exactly. I've fallen into that before too. So there's pitfalls to it all. Yeah. And I went horribly wrong in my early twenties. Yeah. Trying to try to why haven't I had a transcendent meditative experience yes. or whatever? So we're all we're all suffering, quote unquote, in our own ways, and that's where the compassion comes in. But you to constantly reevaluate who you are, your needs, yourself. There's so many pitfalls to spirituality. So many pitfalls to claiming that you're a religious person. So many pitfalls to whatever, and there's also so much beauty. So yeah. finding that, that path that works for you is ever-evolving and ever-changing. We need community. We need yeah. support. We need others to see us mm-hmm. and to, to be seen for our fallible selves and, and to help with the support structures. That's, mm-hmm. what really, that's what's really needed also above all. Well, and understanding when there's ego involved, because I do think a huge part of why I wanted to start this podcast was to break through a lot of the stigmas around spirituality in the sense of just because I'm quote unquote spiritual doesn't mean that I put myself on a pedestal or think that I'm better than someone that is not. And I think that that is something that is so important and, and can help encourage people who, who hate the word spirituality and people that believe in God and higher power. And it's like, no, can we just shed the ego here and just be like, no, we are all the same despite our differences, despite our different beliefs. And I think that can really encourage people to go down that path of seeking something, of exploring that what is beyond themselves. Because I think a lot of people shy away from that because of the ego that is around religion, the ego that is around spirituality. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of healers and people within the space that are operating out of ego. And that's even true for religion too. And it's really sad and it's hard to even articulate, but it's true. And so that's where it's like, okay, can, can we recognize that? But also we don't have to let that dictate our path and our truth. Sure. So I just, I just got fired up there for a second. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, we've gone through a lot here. Can I recap? Or, Let, yeah, let's, my, let's recap. Well, my thought would, would right now would be if I was still, if you're still with us after all this time <laughs> and all our rants and raves, practical application and, and basically go back to, okay, what can I do? Yes. And a lot of it's a recap of we bounce back and forth and go, okay, number one, know thyself. Number two, and not in particular order, but number two, find your vices. Find mm. things that work to connect to that deeper self, 
even if you don't know what that is. Yeah. Three could be be open to the experience of something greater than you, of a reality greater than you, of not knowing all the answers, of maybe choosing a path of surrender and saying, I'm just going to learn and grow. Spirit will provide, God will provide. And then moving with, a, once again, the most grace and ease through finding people, finding your tribe that supports you, going into laws of attraction and laws of the physics and quantum dynamics so you can empower yourself and choose the reality. There's many more, but that's the practical steps. And then I like to, the getting curious is probably the biggest thing for most people. Like get curious of what works, what's yeah. out there. And have fun with it. Find ways to laugh and try to, to see the beauty in the, the darkness. Yeah. So we, in a very somber note, we go back to the red pill, blue thing, Billfully of the Matrix, where a lot of people don't want to take the red pill and go down the rabbit hole because it's very scary. Mm-hmm. It's very scary to see all the pain that was suffered in your childhood, and now mm-hmm. you have to you have to talk to your inner child mm-hmm. and have your needs met as a as an adult that weren't met as a child. It's very scary to go to the dark night of the soul and say, "I'm not what I think I was. I'm gonna die." This whole reality, whether it's a simulation, whether it's something greater than we know, we don't know probably until we die or whatever, that needs to be put in perspective and going, there needs to be purpose, there needs to be something that keeps me going, and we need to support each other with love and compassion. So then finding that love, finding that self-compassion and knowing it's ever-evolving, knowing that the people are also trying to play their roles the best that they can, and we don't know the answers. We're all conditioned to a point. Yeah. So we give the atonement and the love to others because we've given it to ourselves first. The reflection of self will always play out some way, somehow, in others. Beautiful process, but challenging. <laughs> Beautifully said. And yeah, very challenging. And I think the big key component there, though, is within all of that is to find people who are, like, you're not alone, right? Especially within the darkness because... A spiritual awakening can, it is so beautiful. There's so much beauty in it, but there is so much darkness in it. And it really, to can me, be. there can be. <laughs> well, for me, there's been a lot of, thank you. Yeah. There's been a lot of darkness for me. And, but through that darkness, you know, the saying, through the darkness comes light. That has been so true for me. Darkness is, in a way, it's unprocessed light, unprocessed information that hasn't yeah. come to light. Yeah. What does that mean? To become conscious. Yeah. So it's just unconscious energies, because everything's energy, that needs to come to light. That's it. So you can learn to work with the shadow self, the ego. You can learn to go beyond it. You can learn to go into the oneness. Some people are very deep, big into, I need to know what's wrong with me. I need to know why I'm this way. Why am I self-destructive? That's a path. Another path is I'm just going to choose love, and I'm going to choose oneness, and I'm going to transcend it. Beautiful. Choose. Choose. And choose it with all your might. A spiritual teacher of mine once, he said, the universe, God, just wants you to choose. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't want you to be hypocritical. That's where you have problems because then you're, you create basically like a self-destructive black hole frequency inside of you because mind, body, and spirit isn't fully aligned and then you're going to have a lot more and more problems. As long as you are you find your truth and you're in alignment with that and knowing that it's ever-evolving and changing, you're the creator of your reality more than not and then life becomes for you, not against you. And then life happens to you, not outside of you mm-hmm. or life happens for you not to you yeah life can a lot of people say life can happen life happens to me life happens because of me 
life happens through me, it's kind of your choice. Mm. Everyone's against me. Well, life happens against me or whatever. Life is happening for me because everything's a gift. God is working in mysterious ways for my benefit or God is working in my ways for my detriment. It's your choice. So we find that that soul frequency, that self inside of you that speaks the truth beyond the ego, beyond the societal conditionings, beyond what you've been taught. Mm -hmm. You find that inner voice, that inner truth, and it's your job in a way as a spiritual being to then let that voice be heard, mm -hmm. let that voice be spread because it's all about love and beauty and compassion and connection. You can't help but want to be around good people. You can't help but want to create experiences where they can touch their soul and connect. It's that that Holy Spirit, the God self that just now is all about faith, hope, trust, and you're going to be guided into a greater reality. So moral of the story, choose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. We've uncovered a lot. Last question. And this is going to be random outside of spirituality. What is a random hobby that you have? Random as in not normal? Or just a hobby that may not be spiritually, quote unquote, spiritual. Okay. Just something that might be random. Oh, geez, on the spot. Something random that is a hobby. That or that you enjoy. Spiritual. It can be anything. Uh, a product that you love, whatever. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, oh, this is totally because you need options. Generator. <laughs> Generator. Okay. My mind's racing. Like, what do I like to do? It's not spiritual. It's fun. It's weird. It's okay. I can always... I can always cut this part out. <laughs> we, we can, let's skip that because I'm literally drawing a blank. You're going to probably think of something tomorrow and text me. <laughs> okay, so where can people find you? How can people connect with you? Social media is usually the easiest. So Instagram at Coulter, C-O-L-T-E-R, Smith, the number 30. Facebook, just the Coulter Smith out of the Phoenix area. like to do a lot of classes, retreats, events, mostly in Phoenix, San Diego, and others. Hopefully we'll be more offerings and whatnot as we go, but that's the easiest. The website's been down for a while, so we'll have one later, but it will just be my name, coultersmith.com. And... Awesome. <laughs> well, Coulter, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. You are a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really glad to have been able to provide listeners with everything that you have to offer. Let's do it again. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, there's so many... Again, we could probably talk for hours and hours. So I probably will ask you to come back. <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening.